All right, welcome to another emergency edition of the Speak Truth Sports Podcast. Uh, of course, right after we post our podcast this week, James Harden gets traded a couple hours later. Uh, that's just how it goes, I guess. Um, so, man, let's talk about it. It was a yeah, it, it was great. It was a blockbuster four-team deal, basically. Four-team trade, yeah. It was two. It was technically two trades, but you know you can lump them together into a four-team trade if you want. Um, Essentially, let me just go over the trade right now. Uh, this is completely off the cuff, by the way. Uh, if you're listening on any podcasting place, please jump to our YouTube if you want to see our face and stuff. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please like, uh, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, if and especially if you want more of this type of content, uh, which we are gonna we are producing as much content as we can. Uh, so let's jump right into it. So the full trade is that the Rockets trade James Harden to the Nets. So the Nets acquire James Harden. Uh, the Cavaliers acquire Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. The Rockets acquire Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Kuruks, three Brooklyn first rounders, 2022, 2024, and 2026. They get a Milwaukee first uh, via the Cavs, which is for 2022, which is unprotected. They get four first-round Brooklyn uh, swaps for 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. And the Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second-rounder. Who won the trade? <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I feel like it's easy to say the Rockets are building for the future. They have a lot of draft picks to work with. Um, you know, as a rebuilding franchise, this is like the perfect direction you're going to get. You get, you already have John Wall there. You have Christian Wood. You have, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. Now you're bringing Victor Oladipo who can bring in, you know, some scoring as well. Uh, not to the level that James Harden brings, but it's still a good, you know, you probably at least get, you know, high teens to 20 points per game from him. Um, I just felt like they had the best trade package coming their way they have so many draft picks to really work with um i felt like this was a, a big win for the rockets tonight yeah i totally agree i mean the rockets not only are they building for the future they're building a nice roster as they are i mean oladipo and john wall is going to be a very nice backcourt especially defensively mm-hmm. um and you know they they really did make the most of what they could have gotten for james harden uh they Honestly, a, a, like a couple months ago or so, they probably would have gotten this exact same deal, except minus they might not have gotten Oladipo. Uh, but now they do get Oladipo, who apparently wanted to leave the Pacers. Um, that was kind of something that was said in the offseason a little bit, but Oladipo tried to quiet the rumors down, so he increased his trade value. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. The Rockets totally won this trade, but I also think the Cavaliers won this trade. And I think the Nets won this trade. <laughs> so um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I don't know how I feel about the Nets just getting Harden. I feel like that's uh, obviously he's a, he's a great player. He's a star player. But I feel like they did lose some defense while giving away Jared Allen, uh, giving away Harris Levert. Um, I mean, they kept Dinwiddie, which is good, and they kept Harris, which is also good. But, you know, until Kyrie Irving comes back, I mean, it'd be nice to see how James Harden, James Harden plays, but that trio as a whole, I don't know when that will finally come to fruition because no one knows when Kyrie's going to come back. 
uh, especially if he, you know, is under further protocol and all that. Um, it's good for Harden because, you know, he's going to play with his boy uh, KD again. But I don't know, man. I feel like the Nets – it was a good trade. Don't get me wrong. It was a good trade for them. But we'll just have to see how this, you know, trio plays out. Yeah, I'm not super sold on the duo of Irving and um, and Harden, but at the same time, uh, while Kyrie's out right now, which I also imagine Kyrie's not super happy about <laughs> uh, this trade, but you know, while Kyrie's out, he's probably gonna be out for a couple of weeks from COVID protocol and stuff. James Harden's gonna get this team wins, which they desperately need. And he's going to keep him at the top of the Eastern Conference, basically. When it comes, like, playoff time, we'll, then we'll kind of see how the trio works. But, I mean, worst comes to worst, what, you trade Kyrie Irving for another few players and then keep building around Harden and Durant, like two of the best offensive players in the entire league. So they're definitely in a very good position. They did gut their bench a little bit. Losing Levert was actually – it was pretty big, but – and as, uh, as well as Jared Allen. But – you know, they still have Tyler Johnson. They still have Landry Shamit. Uh, they still have Jeff Green. They have Bruce Brown, who I think is underrated. Uh, they have uh, Claxton, and they have Timote Luawo Cabrero. Uh, <laughs> that's how you say his name, apparently. Uh, TLC. They have. They still have him, you know, and they have Dinwiddie, even though he is injured. He's going to be back next year. Uh, I do – I still think this Nets team – I think this Nets team kind of solidified, like uh, – that they should be the favorites to come out of the East with this trade. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a championship team. I feel like they're, they'll still have a lot to uh, iron out this whole season. Um, but you did make a good point. They still have some valuable pieces on their bench. Bruce Brown actually played very well in their uh, in yesterday's game um, where uh, Kevin Durant, you know, one they did play, you know, Kevin Durant did a lot in that game, but Bruce Brown did a lot coming off the bench and uh it was very valuable for that team so you know we'll have to see how the nets do and and how they adjust in these next few weeks and these next few games yeah and i mean you have to imagine like uh could Kyrie have known about this trade going through is that maybe a reason why he just didn't show up did he know this trade was happening um i don't i don't exactly know that's just speculation but if he did and if that's part of a reason why he's not showing up is because he's not too excited to play with James Harden, who's going to take away from his game uh, and take away from his touches in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that as kind of a reason for Kyrie being unhappy and taking personal leave, I guess, taking some space. Um, yeah, but there are real, like you said, there are real concerns about how those three will play together. Uh, Kyrie, he can play off ball, but uh, he makes his bread and butter, you know, crossing dudes up and getting to the, getting to the rim and stuff like that. Uh, and typically, and let's be real, like Kyrie is the worst of these three. He's still a great player, but he's the worst of Harden and Durant. Um, so he's going to be the one that suffers the most. He's probably going to have to, uh, he's probably going to get a significant drop in his uh, point production. Uh, even if he doesn't though, you know, that means he's going to have to be coming off or he's going to have to play with the bench unit more. Uh, and that trio isn't exactly going to mesh as well as, you know, maybe if you swap in Bradley Beal instead of Kyrie Irving, maybe that fits better. 
because Brad doesn't need the ball in his hands more, something like that. Um, yeah, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see like which of these three guys like kind of loses some of their production because in every trio, one of the one one person has to sacrifice. So we'll see. Well, it's probably best if Kyrie was the one to sacrifice, to be honest, because James Harden, we've seen this dude, you know, with no help in the in Houston at one point, he was still, you know, playing as hard as he can, and they made the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the NBA right now, in my opinion, still. Um, you know, we know he's able to, you know, take a team and win games. So Kyrie, when he was by himself in the Cavaliers, that was one of the worst teams in the East during that time. Um, granted, he was young, but at the same time, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, Kyrie has to really, you know, mature and kind of go with, roll with the punches because this team's going to go in full throttle, you know, sooner than later. And they're, it's either, you know, Kyrie, are you with us? Or are you just, you know, doing your own thing? Because this team, they need to get going, like, now-ish. Because, you know, well, a shortened season, yeah, it's 10 games less than usual. Um, you can't really afford to go in a lot of downward slumps and downward spirals. They have to kind of get back on track. I hope, I mean, for this team, they kind of hope that this trade will get them back on track, having, you know, another star, star guard to, you know, take the place of Kyrie at the moment until he returns. Yeah, totally agree. And another, another thing the Nets fixed about the roster is that they finally have a primary facilitator with James Harden. Um, obviously, we've seen, like, how good James Harden can be in, in Houston, like you said, even with nobody's around him. Uh, James Harden really does elevate his team around him. He can elevate this Nets roster, in my opinion. Him and Durant are going to are going to be the absolute scariest offensive duo in the entire league. Uh, this this Nets team in general is going to be incredibly scary on offense because not only do they have those three uh, with Kyrie, uh, James Harden, and Durant, they also have Joe Harris. Uh, they have they could use Jeff Green at the small ball five, or they could move KD even to the small ball five. Uh, they also have DeAndre Jordan. Uh, for defense you know th this team is it's actually you know when I first saw the trade go through I was like dang they gutted their they gutted their bench but the more I think about it and the more I kind of go over the roster they really did improve a lot just by adding James Harden even though they lost a few other players yeah I can see that um I kind of want to touch base on the Pacers picking up Carlos Levert I felt like that was actually a really good trade for them because the you know like I was talking about yesterday or yeah, yesterday in our podcast, uh, we were talking about how the Pacers can use some more wing defense. And I felt like Karis LeVert can definitely swing in there from, uh, you know, the two guard to the three and play some defense and really add a lot more to that team. So I think that was a really good uh, trade for the Pacers. It was out of nowhere, if you ask me. I didn't really see them trading Depot this soon in the season or even trading for LeVert. You know, it wasn't on anyone's radar. It kind of came out of nowhere. But uh, – I feel like it was a really good trade on their part. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but on paper, I think it's it was pretty good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. I think, honestly, they probably could have and should have gotten more for Oladipo. I mean, Oladipo, he's not, he's not really at all-star level anymore, but he's still, like, a very, very solid player. Uh, like, probably, like, borderline all-star. Like, you could I, – I just – I'm not sure if they could have shipped out for somebody better or not. Um, but maybe they should have waited till the deadline for like a desperate team who really needed to step up. They could have, you know, 
waited till then and then basically got more bang for their buck. Um, you know, if they had gotten a first rounder along with Karis Levert, I wouldn't mind it, but they only got a second. I don't think that's enough value for Victor Oladipo. Uh, as much as I love Karis Levert, and I know his impact goes both ways, and he's a fantastic scorer, uh, but I just I, I think if anybody lost the trade, I think it's the Pacers. Really? I mean, for me personally, I feel like the Pacers, I don't know, like they really need someone to step up right now in that wing position. I know he can fill in both. Um, for me, I don't feel like Depot has done a lot since, you know, he's coming off his injury still and he's still kind of going through the motion rec- recovering from it uh, until he can really step up and be that guy we used to see when he was an all-star. I felt like it's kind of like, you know, what have you done for me kind of lately kind of situation is like lately he hasn't done as much as we kind of how they kind of hoped he would have done. So they're kind of like, okay, we'll just take Paris Levert because we know right now he's playing at a very high level while Depot is playing at a not as high as we we believe he can kind of level. And I just felt like that's why they, it kind of happened that way. Um, you do make some good points. I can see where you're coming from, but for the Pacers, I feel like, I think for me, I think it's good on paper, but, you know, until they start playing some games together and kind of like see how it goes, we'll have to really see how, um, you know, how, you know, takes off from there. I don't know um, if this, you know, if I'm right or you're right, but we just have to see, you know, game time. Yeah. I mean, looking, I just looked at both their stats right now. So Oladipo is currently averaging 25 and four. Uh, but like you said, like he's coming off an injury. So, I mean, considering obviously like this is kind of his lowest right now, like, I don't know. Like, I think he could definitely by the end of the season or by next season, go back to averaging maybe 24 points or something like that. Karis Levert's averaging 18 points a game uh, with four rebounds and six assists. Uh, so, you know, I, I, maybe I was underrating Levert a little bit, uh, but uh, at the same time, I think that Oladipo is a little bit of a higher ceiling than Karis Levert. Uh, like I said, like, I don't think any of these teams really lost it, like lost the trade. But I think I just think that the Pacers could have gotten a little bit more than just Levert in a second rounder. I would have loved to see them uh, try and snag a first rounder from maybe even from the Nets. <laughs> I don't know, maybe from the Rockets or something as well, because the Rockets now have an abundance of first rounders. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just kind of wish they got a little bit more. Let's talk about the let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they really they really took a W in this trade. I mean, Jared Allen uh, is going to be fantastic for them. He's a young guy; they can build with him. Uh, and obviously, they're they're definitely parting ways with Drummond. I think it's very obvious. Uh, I don't see Drummond on this roster next year at all. Uh, he might not even be here after the trade deadline, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do, what do you think about the Cavaliers? I mean, Jared Allen, them being Jared Allen is just pretty much the way of saying goodbye to Andre Drummond because mm-hmm. Andre Drummond was pretty much their rebounder, the rim protector, you know, the presence in the in the low post area. Uh, now, since you have Jared Allen there, it's kind of like what's the use of Andre Drummond? Um, they're not going to obviously start both of them because they literally do the same thing. Um, 
I think just, you know, like you said, this is like their way of parting with Drummond. Uh, I think Drummond was not the most ideal fit in, uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I wouldn't say it was a bad fit, um, but he'd probably be better off somewhere else. I can see a different, like a team really in desperate need of a center, maybe, you know, try to trade for him. I think the Wizards can possibly consider it because they do need a center uh, with Thomas Bryant out with an ACL injury for the whole season. And Robin Lopez is their starting center. Um, you know, they can use a, a center right now. Um, maybe, you know, a couple other teams can really use a center. But Drummond, I, I just think it's just, his time is is up. I think this trade was kind of like the kind of like the nail in the coffin for his uh, time in Cleveland. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I also think that, you know, if they if the Cavs do want to trade Drummond um, for some value, uh, you know, I think that maybe the Bulls could bite. Uh, they have Wendell Carter Jr. at center right now. They have Gafford backing him up. Uh, but you never know. Um, they might feel like they need more defense down low. Uh, and I think Drummond is a better defender than Wendell Carter Jr., uh, my only problem with Drummond is that he just kind of tries to do too much on offense. Uh, he kind of plays a little bit. He he plays less like a center, and he kind of tries to play on offense like he's a point forward or something. Uh, we, I mean, you saw that one play where he was just holding the ball, and that was it. And and like he held it for like the entire shot clock, and then threw up a a random layup that went backwards. It didn't even go, didn't even head towards the rim, so. Yeah, I just think Drummond, he's not a good fit for this Cavs team who relies on their guards, relies relies on their heavy guard play uh, for scoring and stuff. I don't think that Drummond fits there. I think Drummond would fit somewhere where he can get to be more involved on in offense. Um, maybe the Hornets, uh, he could make for a, a lob threat for Lamelo or something. Uh and, you know, it's a long shot, but maybe the Toronto Raptors want to do something uh, for Drummond. They do need some presence down low. They have, uh, they have Boucher, obviously, and he's, he's, he's been incredible recently. But, you know, maybe they feel like they need to solidify the position or maybe they feel that Boucher is not a starting caliber player. So maybe they pick up Drummond. I don't know. I don't see the Wizards going for Drummond uh, purely because of salary cap reasons. Drummond is making way too much for them to even afford to bring onto their roster. They'd probably have to give up Davis Bertans and Robin Lopez just to make that work. And I don't think they would do that. Uh, and an another problem with trading Drummond, uh, I, I do think, I think Drummond will end up being the Cavs, being on the Cavs for the entire, he could be on the Cavs for the entire season. I could see it. Um, he could also go at the deadline. I would also be able to see that. But at the same time, why would you go for Andre Drummond while he's making this much money and he's only on a one-year deal, he's only signed for this year. Why would you go for Drummond when you could sign someone like Dwayne Dedman in free agency, or you could trade for Hassan Whiteside on the Kings who they're trying to run Marvin Bagley at center. So they're not really using Hassan Whiteside much. Um, I just think that, you know, there's other options available that are cheaper uh, that teams might look at instead of Drummond. I'm not sure how valued he is right now, like just around the league. So that's like my main concern with trading Drummond is I don't know how valuable he is. And I don't, you know, and there's other options that are cheaper that could give you similar production. Yeah. I forgot about the whole salary cap issue. 
I've been playing too much NBA 2K. Um, yeah, I guess when you did mention with the Wizards, yeah, they probably couldn't make a trade for him because he is very expensive. And, you know, trying to trade Bertans and Lopez would be not helpful because Bertans is a very valuable shooter for the team, one of the few shooters they have on the team besides Beal and um, Garrison Matthews off the bench, which they don't use very much either. Um, but, you know, like you, I, I kind of can see that too. I kind of can see him kind of being stuck because he's not playing at the, he's not playing where his money's at. He's playing fine, but he's not playing, he's not worth as much as he signed for. Um, that could be a really big problem for him, you know, coming to the, uh, in the foreseeable future. So we'll have to, you know, monitor that situation and see where that goes, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if Drummond did think that he was worth a lot more or his agent thought that or even just other teams thought that, he wouldn't have taken his player uh, his player option. He wouldn't have accepted it because he would have turned it down and gotten more money somewhere else or he could have just gotten a bigger extension with the Cavs. Uh, but clearly, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to even make the amount of money he's making right now. I believe he's making somewhere about like north of $25 million or so. I don't think he's going to – I don't think he knows that he's going to make that money uh, after this year. I think he knows his value is going down. You know, the league's kind of transitioning away from the kind of big man he is. That's kind of why he's trying to do more. He's trying to showcase himself more because it is his contract year, but you know, it's, I'm not sure if it's really working out for him. Right. Uh, I don't want him to fumble his own bag, but you know, he, he's kind of doing that right now. I could see him going like next year for surprisingly low, maybe like a mid-level exception type deal with another team. Uh, somewhere between, you know, like five to 10 million, I think would be his future contract value. Um, I know Drummond definitely thinks he deserves more uh, and he might deserve more, but I just think the market is at that place right now where a lot of teams that really need centers need them cheap because they got money tied into many other positions. So yeah, I mean, to either, either Drummond is going to be stuck on the Cavs for this year and then just leave or they're going to try and trade him for value. I don't see them trading away Drummond and attaching a pick just to get rid of him. I don't think that's the solution. I think that's kind of a waste of assets. Um, even if they wanted to like contend right now, uh, I still don't think it's a good move because they're just they're literally just throwing Drummond away when they could just wait a couple more months and he's just straight up off the team. So I don't think they need to get rid of him but they definitely should be looking at trades and see who's interested in all that. Um, yeah. And we did, uh, you know, leading up to the James Harden trade, we did kind of get some warning that it was happening soon because James Harden came out publicly and was like, I've literally done everything I can for this team. Like I've done everything for this city. Like I just don't think it's going to work anymore. And you know, John Wall and Boogie Cousins chimed in. I believe you have their quotes. Yeah, Boogie Cousins was not uh, not happy at all. He yeah. thought it was uh, very disrespectful what uh, James Harden was saying. And, uh, you know, Boogie Cousins was not happy. Uh, he wanted to say, obviously, it's disrespectful, but everybody has a right to their own opinion. We feel some type of way uh, about his actions. I don't feel betrayed. Um, my interest was playing with John Wall, to be perfectly honest. So obviously he wasn't even too keen on playing with Harden um, from the jump. It sounded like he was really more focused on, you know, playing with his old teammate from Kentucky, John Wall. And um, John Wall was not happy. It kind of seemed like there was a lot of 
precursors to uh, this whole situation. Um, he, he threw a lot of hints. He said it's been rocky. I can't lie about that. Uh, you know, even, you know, before they even started practicing together and all that, they all thought the situation with Harden was kind of just messy from the get-go. Um, and, you know, Harden hasn't really done much to really support his teammates and show them that, hey, guys, I really want to play here. It just seems like Harden put his own personal uh, – his own personal, uh, you know, his own personal matters ahead of the team's matters. And then, you know, obviously that's never good, especially when you bring in uh, stars to play with the this star guard. So – you know, I think it was a bit disrespectful on James Harden's part, to be honest. Uh, how do you feel about this, man? Uh, I mean, I understand where Harden's coming from, where, like, he requested the trade, like, months ago. Uh, and he told the front office, I don't want to come. I don't want to play. You know, please trade me. He did everything he could. I mean, he stayed out at nightclubs. He didn't come to the team. Like, that should have been, like, number one sign, like, okay, let's trade this guy. He's not going to play for us. Everybody knew he wasn't going to play for them. Everybody knew that he wasn't coming back. We even, even in our very first podcast ever, uh, back at the start of this, uh, at the start of the NBA season, we talked about, you know, James Harden is definitely gone. He's not going to be a Rocket this year, um, and the Rockets need to trade him because obviously he's not going to play hard this year, and he's not playing hard so far. And he came out really strong for his first game, but since then he hasn't dropped. I think more than. 20 points in his past four games, which broke a streak for him. He hasn't done that since 2012. He has not had a four game streak without scoring 20 since 2012. That's pretty ridiculous. And yet, I mean, that's, I mean, that was obviously the, 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 uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was when he just said, you know, I've done everything for the city. Like they had to trade him at that point. I'm sure they were trying to line stuff up, but at the same time, like considering how fast they got this deal done, if it really did happen right after Harden said, you know, I don't want to be here, you know, they, they should have done that way earlier in the season. They really should have. Uh, and we also said on the very first podcast that uh, we, we knew that John Wall and James Harden were going to get along because <laughs> uh, John Wall is, you know, he's very focused on wanting to win and playing for the team. Uh, and James Harden was not focused on anything except for leaving Houston. So we knew there was going to be some like, some scuffles uh, in, the, in the locker room, you know, back in, um, in the background. Uh, but, you know, I just, I just think that they waited too long to do this deal. Um, I, I do like that they got Oladipo. That's a good thing, you know, from that's the good thing they got from waiting, but in terms of like the locker room, like it kind of did mess with the, their culture a little bit and their coach, Steven Silas, it's kind of, it, he was kind of put in a little bit of an unfair situation right off the bat uh, with Harden. It's only his first season, correct? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's really not what you want to be in as your first year as a head coach. Yeah. What you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, you know, the writing was on the wall. They should have seen this coming. I don't know why they thought they could keep him. It was probably, you know, maybe the new owner was like, you know, I've only had James Harden for a couple of years. I just, I want to hang on to him a little more, but, you know, it clearly was not going to work out. Everyone knew it. Um, yeah, what do you think about the Houston Rockets locker room? It's probably, it probably is a mess, honestly, right now. 
Um, the Pelicans is trying to get everything back together and try to get people back uh, and focused on, you know, the game itself. Um, James Harden, you know, I don't want to call him the distraction for the team, but he definitely was distract- distracting them from what they want to really be doing right now and focusing on winning. Um, the team hasn't really clicked uh, as they were in the first few games. It seemed like things started to definitely uh, come a bit undone. And just a lot of the play was a little sloppy. And like you said, James Harden definitely, uh, I don't want to say, but he kind of sold on the Rockets, you know, in a couple of those past couple of games. Um, he, I mean, yesterday, if you saw him in the warm-ups, the dude looked like he had a, a pregame meal, according to one of the commentators. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently that's because he wears like four layers of clothes, but it just looks really funny. <laughs> it, it does. I'm not going to lie. It does. <laughs> It doesn't help that it looks like he has like a slight gut. But uh, James Harden, I mean, it's just – I just felt like we've seen – I just felt like we've definitely seen that he was going to, you know, leave. You know, if it, if he knew, all he had to say is that uh, I love this city. Um, you know, I felt like I did everything in the city. Uh, this situation is crazy. I'm done. If he, if he knew us, all he had to say, you know, weeks ago and months ago, I mean, he probably would have been gone sooner than now. Um, but, you know, the fact that they did play games together, it was a bit distracting. I think that the front office did kind of fail to do that job of getting rid of him as soon as possible and, you know, have this team start off completely fresh rather than going in, going in and losing uh, six of their nine games they've played so far. The team's currently three and six. Um, they could have definitely, you know, tried to done something better rather than trying to already feel like you know trying to make a make up for lost ground um you know i just don't know what to really say about Harden. i mean he got what he wanted now he's playing with kevin durant again um you know he's playing on a, a better eastern team uh we'll just have to see what this happens for Harden. you know yeah i mean can you imagine if james if a team really had james harden russell westbrook and kevin durant all on the same team I mean, that would be Really, really good. Uh, oh, gosh. Anyways, so uh, we did talk about, you know, where do you think some of these teams are going to end up? Uh, do you think the Cavs could make a push for the play-in tournament or maybe even the playoffs? Do you think that the Pacers are any better or any worse? Um, we know the Nets are making the playoffs. Do you think the Rockets could make a push? Where do you think these teams are going to land? I think the Rockets can make a push to the play-in tournament. I don't think there'll be a solidified solidified playoff team. I agree. Um, but this, I think having Oladipo would give them a slight push. Maybe they can play into possibly eighth, I think, mm-hmm. now. Um, Cavaliers, they improved on the defensive side, but I feel like they are already a, already a good defensive team. Uh, I don't know how much Jarrett Allen or Terry and Prince will really help offensively, so – I don't see them really – I don't really see that team making a big difference. I don't see this trade making a big difference for the team uh, in that kind of aspect. Uh, you said the Pacers as well. Did you mention the Pacers? Yeah. The Pacers would probably still be on track to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, I feel like this is a good move. I feel like it wouldn't really affect them too negatively, uh, especially once they start, you know, getting people back healthy again, such as Jeremy Lamb and other players – and. Uh, Maybe uh, T.J. Warren, depending on how you know long he'll be out with his injury. Um, and then finally for the Nets, I think this will probably push them and kind of solidify them as a playoff team. 
uh, this probably puts them in where they want to be at. I mean, obviously, at some ground to make with the games, the past few games they've lost, but I feel like they're in a position where like they can be fifth, fifth seed and up now. Officially, I feel like there's no way. I don't see this team dropping anywhere below fifth seed. Yeah, uh, I think the Cavs could make a push for the play-in. Uh, I what's kind of weird is that the Cavs, I mean, they're just a really weird team this year so far. So like they're, they're one of the worst teams in, uh, in terms of points per game of uh, scoring, but they're like a top, they're like, I think they're a top five or top 10 team in terms of opponent points allowed per game. So, you know, they're, they are surprisingly good on defense, even shorthanded because a lot of, they have a lot of injuries this year, uh, but even shorthanded, they're still good on defense uh, and you're right. They did need a lot of they they do kind of need some more offensive help, if anything, especially off the bench. Uh, they do have a few good pieces. They have Dylan Windler and they have, um, you know, Chetty Osman off the bench and stuff like that. But, you know, I do think the Cavs could contend for a play in. Uh, I definitely think that's in the realm of possibility. They just need to shore up a few things on their offense and get some guys back uh, healthy. I think the Pacers. I'm not sure if they retain a top four or five seed, they might drop to six. In my opinion, uh, I just say that based off of chemistry, potential chemistry issues, um, you know, adding Karis LeVert and removing Victor Oladipo is kind of a big, it's, it's a big replacement. Uh, they do both do a lot of the same things, but at the same time, they are two different players and the locker rooms also the vibe is going to be different. So, you know, they, I think they'll drop a few games. They might drop a few games early with Karis LeVert, but they might, they might pick up steam and keep going uh, as the season goes on. I, I do think, I do still think they're a lock to make the playoffs. I just don't look at them as the top four seed that I did on the podcast yesterday. <laughs> oh, and the, uh, there was one other team. Uh, hold on. Who, who was the other team again? Nets, we got so, the Nets. No, yeah, the Nets are definitely making playoffs. Uh, the yeah. Rockets. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Rockets. Yeah, I agree with you. The Rockets definitely are pushing for plan. Um, I predicted them tenth seed before the season started, and I think they'll make the tenth seed. I still think they'll make the tenth seed now. Uh, so, yeah, I think the I think every team kind of won in this trade. Uh, like I said, the Pacers could have gotten a little more, but. You know, it is what it is. Uh, do you have any, any final thoughts? I mean, these are going to be uh, next few interesting weeks in the NBA, uh, especially, but especially if they, you know, end up taking a uh, pause for the season. Because I have heard reports, like you mentioned yesterday yeah. on the podcast, of them potentially just taking a quick hiatus to, you know, let these cases kind of slow down a bit. But, you know, in the next coming months, it's going to be a lot of interesting basketball. Because, you know, this trade – you know, it, it changed a landscape for some of these teams um, and some in a big way and some is not as much in a big way. But uh, a lot of these teams, it's going to be a different feel uh, in the next few weeks, the next few months. So, you know, going to be looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in to this emergency podcast from the Speak Truth Sports. Uh, we typically upload weekly. So if you're into uh, weekly news, a weekly sports news content. And uh, if you want to stay up to date uh, with some real opinions on sports news, uh, go ahead and subscribe to us, follow us, uh, rate us, share us, everything, do what you do. 
Uh, we appreciate all the support we're getting. Uh, and we just like to say thank you. Uh, and like I said, this has been Bert. Trey's always. And we're signing off. Thank you.